Here it comes. Hey, everybody. Got it. Okay. It's on its way. Wow. <laughs> yes. Good afternoon, everyone. It's Angie Atkinson, and I'm here with the lovely and talented Lise Colucci. Lise, welcome back. Thank you. My pleasure. Always happy to have you. Um, okay. So today we are waiting for the stream to there it goes. Okay, good. We're here. We're Got here. It. <laughs> I didn't come to it yet. Okay. Um, it's coming. Yeah. Okay, everybody. So while we are waiting for our screens to pop up and everything here, um, we'll let you know, make sure you check down into the chat below the video here, not the chat, the description below the video. So you'll figure, so you'll learn how to reconnect with us. Um, oh, we have a stream elements bot. I don't know what's up with that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you'll know how to reconnect with us and you'll know how to uh, be here for our daily, weekly, weekly streams, I'm sorry. And hi, Ellen, hi, Jay, hi, Peggy, and Tashawn. We are today talking about betrayal trauma and narcissistic abuse, what it looks like, mm -hmm. what it is, and maybe how to start to deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So let's just get going, shall we? <laughs> okay. So if you know what, I mean, it's exactly what it sounds like. When you've been betrayed by someone in your life, you get sometimes betrayal trauma. This could be cheating. This could be something else we're going to talk about in a minute. <laughs> could be even a best friend or a coworker. It could be anyone. Um, but depending on how much you trusted that person, you may really have a hard time trusting people after a betrayal trauma. And you might also have a lot of other symptoms that we'll, we'll kind of cover some of those today. So at least you had a really interesting, and I don't know how, how situational reactive abuse is Steve Johnson. There. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, at least do you want to kind of, I don't know how deep you want to go into it, but you had a really interesting example earlier that you were sharing. Oh, well, there's several. That relate to. That it, yeah. yeah, it's it's sometimes if you are in a narcissistic family system or narcissistic family cult, as people call it, mm -hmm. um, you and you are the scapegoat, that entire family can turn on you, especially if there's a serious event or an event that um, usually if there's a serious, important or like there's some event that makes everyone reactive and everyone um, sort of, um, it could be like a death in the family, a marriage, the birth of a baby, um, anything that causes upheaval or change. And then that entire narcissistic family might turn on you, completely betraying all of your trust because you don't lose just the narcissist, but you lose everyone around them. And Absolutely. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, you know, whether it's directly, like in a situation I recently heard about, or it's sort of indirectly like, well, they'll totally see you, but then they'll also not not see or interact with the other person. And they'll also help set you up. That's what happened to me. Oh, yeah. They not only set you up, but they create a narrative that isn't your reality. So they're gaslighting you about you. They're exactly. lying to everybody else about you, making it look like you are destructive or crazy or troublemaker or mm -hmm. something. Uh, and, and then everyone is looking at you like, well, you're just such a troublemaker. It's maybe it's best you're not here. Right. Maybe it's best you just stay away. You know, and, and actually the truth yeah. is it's best you stay away. But, you know, right. the right. sad and reality is we lose everyone when that happens. Right. And I think it's worse. Like, okay, for me, one, one example was that my brother, who I thought I was close to until the very moment that I learned I was not. Exactly. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> right. He was part of the whole thing with, yeah. Anyway. So um, the, the thing is, if you 
find yourself in a situation. I mean, I would probably guess that everyone in this room today, I don't know, I mean, know how many we have in here right now, but, um, and anyone watching this back may have experienced, oh, look, it's highly sensitive wiki. Okay, back to, back to business. Everyone here may have experienced some form of it, right? Anyone who's watching right now, um, anyone who has, watches on the, re the replay even. Um, yeah, 47 people right now. Um, okay, so if you have experienced betrayal trauma, say me in the chat if, you, if you're here mm -hmm. and in the comments if you're not here right now. All right, so um, Lise, what do you think is the most painful part of, for, for you, if when you, yeah, um, betrayal? It just really depends on what the betrayal is, but there's from what I he hear, let's, let me just say what I hear a lot from people that comes up over and over when they experience a large betrayal or a very obvious betrayal like this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's feeling the wanting to, uh, rectify things, to put things back in the correct, to wanting people, wanting to feel validated that they're not crazy. They're not the problem wanting to, um, be heard. In a situation where it's totally impossible to be heard, yeah, because it's too it's too twisted, it's too toxic, and and there's really no point because why do we need toxic people to tell us we're right? We don't, right? But but it feels like we do. And the other piece is abandonment. Is right. it really really triggers abandonment uh, issues if you already have them, or it certainly creates them if you haven't. For sure, yeah. And I think it's. So, so when you're going through it, right, it's like, like you said, it's about the amount of trauma that you end up with, of course, depends on the impact of what right. you've gone through. But there's also a lot, there's a lot of, of other little pieces, I think. So, for example, what, how do you know that you've been, that you're experiencing this? I mean, I think anytime you <laughs> have a betrayal, that is one that affects you deeply. Um, like, like with my brother that I mentioned, uh, there was a situation where my mother, who I knew wasn't a fan of me, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, she brought him on board as a sort of, I guess, flying monkey. Mm -hmm. And um, and I really believed until that moment, like literally until that moment, <laughs> that it was, he was my person, you know, one of my people, one, somebody, he was on my side. I believed that he would never do what he did in that, in that time period. So I think for me, that was quite shocking. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I felt sort of bowled over by it, right? Like my whole entire life up until that point from the age of three, like I thought this was my, somebody I could trust. So I think let's talk about some symptoms, should we? Oh, wait, should we, should we note the types that, so you obviously your, your parents or your, your spouse or partner. Mm -hmm. And then one that we didn't mention was like the institutional or the mm -hmm. you know, collaborative or the, you know, the company or the business or whatever. It happened in workplaces a lot, you know, and all it takes is one narcissistic person to poison the community around you mm -hmm. and you become the scapegoat and they sort of win and everyone betrays you. It's ugly. Yeah. It's yeah. really ugly. And yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, I think so when you asked that question before, I think what I'm feeling is feeling vindicated or feeling like you're, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Um, it's not validation, but sort of like trying to set the record straight. Yeah. Well, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> like that you asked what the major thing that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's 
in that situation it's yeah right and it's every everything is i mean and i'm not i'm not negating anything you said by the way i'm just trying to in my head categorize what we're talking about no, okay sorry uh, i'm going in another direction go ahead keep going oh yeah okay i got you okay. workplace or workplace else. thank you yeah we're gonna do, do you want to explain that a little bit because i i did misinterpret you at first oh I no i was going back to your other question of okay. what people feel when that when oh. what, what is a big thing people feel when this okay happens? oh good <laughs> no sorry Woo! <laughs> yeah no you're good sorry I about that. i'm in my head and yeah you're just talking and i'm not following anyway keep going. we we, we both have those moments don't don't feel bad <laughs> you know what, i'm trying to follow the chat so it's good good Keep All right, going. here we go. <laughs> All right. And the, the last official type is the interpersonal type, which is what we already kind of talked about with friends, other people that you people you work with, whatever, another person besides a parent or a spouse. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I guess it could even be a child in that case. Maybe my brother, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> Betrayal trauma symptoms. Um, so there are there are several different ones. And if you've read that book, The Body Keeps the Score, you'll get some of that in there. Um, mm -hmm. and it'll because your body kind of might, you might have a stomach ache, your head might hurt, um, chronic fatigue, might have a little trouble with weight, not that I know anything about that, I'm so skinny, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you know, you might have stomach problems, you might feel tired or not tired, like you might not get enough sleep or you might sleep too much. Your, mm -hmm. your, your communication chakra, I mean, laryngitis <laughs> can happen. Oh, you're, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's interesting how that works. Um, yeah, any number of things. Your immune system can basically similar things to what we experience in narcissistic abuse recovery, like with CPTSD. Obviously, it's all connected, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say that it's almost like a just another way to name what we're going through, but but specifically regarding the betrayal of of sometimes, someone. Yeah, because sometimes it's one of the hardest pieces to get through. Right. Like you right. can almost deal with them being horrible to you or yeah. deal with the situation, the the toxic behavior and all of that, we can, we can almost deal with it, but it's almost unimaginably difficult to just yeah. walk away from a betrayal. Seriously, it's bad. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. So yeah, as Steve says here, um, they set you, they set up the situation abusive for the reaction. That's interesting. Right. And it's true. That's they they do. That's exactly what reactive, reactive abuse is. They're trying to flip the script and turn the table. So you look like the abuser. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So then there's also um, having a hard time sharing your emotions. And there's like a, it's a big word that I'm not going to say on camera because I don't want to embarrass myself. It goes with that. alexithymia. I think I'm saying it right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. And basically what that means is that you, you, you have a difficult time even identifying your own emotions sometimes. And certainly you can't talk about them very easily. Right. So a lot of times the way I roll is when I was younger, I rolled a little sadder than this. But as an adult, I tend to roll happy most of the time until until I'm forced to deal with it. It's not good. It's not healthy. I, I need to do better. I mostly do okay with dealing with things, but I don't do okay with sharing them with most people. Does that make sense? So That's your defense mechanism in a betrayal would be to just keep it to yourself. Oh yeah, I feel a lot of embarrassment about things like that, which is really weird. But no, I do. It's not weird. It makes total sense because you're taking on the, the, the whole thing, the whole thing instead and of it, handing back to that person what's theirs and then dealing with right. your part. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And logically, I know better than that. Right. You know, well, but I do not tend logical, to. Is it? It's a right, no. No. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And then the dissociation factor, which kind of plays right off of that, yeah. um, you're definitely going to see increased 
you know, you're, you're, you're going to dissociate more mm-hmm. often than you did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, various other issues. I, I tend to dissociate by nature as, as a first response to any negative thing <laughs> for just a minute. No, this is good. I think what you're saying here is, is like, this is one way that, that some people, you in particular, and some people handle the betrayals and then yes. other people might get angry. When right. I, I've had many, many, many clients who have had massive betrayals and anger, yeah. anger and reactivity mm-hmm. is the go-to for them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I don't even know why I'm saying these things. I don't really care, but I'm going to get them, you know, and it's, <laughs> it's you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. I see that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I think when you're going, you, you're definitely going to see some anxiety or whatever, probably right. you're going to have emotional like depression and things like that. Um, and then once you're healing and you're moving forward, right, you might be hyper independent. You might be super, super independent. And it's a real problem for your partner if you have one, <laughs> or you might have big trust issues, or you might have a lot of other little things. Okay. We're going to, yeah. So, and do you want to add anything else to this part before we carry forward to maybe what types of things they can do to work through these things? Hello, uh, Ellen. No, I think what I, I think just my sum up would be that, you know, you're in it you have a betrayal. However, you're reacting to it is, is going to be natural for you, the way you react to it. And we're just yeah. talking about some of the things. So you may have other things. So if you do, what are, what happens with you when you feel betrayed? Right. Especially in a big way by a toxic person, feeling betrayed and being able to discuss it is one thing <laughs> we know we can't discuss with them. So, right. We're, we're stuck in the betrayal. It creates the ultimate lack of closure, right? Like the, ultimate, oh. there's not, there's just yes. no one to turn that's right. Yeah. Right. You know? Right. So, um, yeah. And you- I think when you're feeling whatever it is you're feeling personally or however you're reacting then that's, that's your go-to for your own version of reactivity. Yeah. And that's, and that's where you work as we go on here to talk about what to do. (laughs) Right. It's yeah. 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 And, and I think that's what, yeah, I think it's important. Okay. Like you you were saying, making sure that you are, uh, give yourself some compassion in that time. Don't, don't beat yourself up no matter how hard they try to beat you. Yeah. don't don't beat yourself up for your reaction because it's okay to feel what you feel right. that's been a big hard thing for me to come across in my own recovery in the past and I think it's something that yeah so well, every human being is going to have a reaction to betrayal of course of course so don't beat yourself up for having one because you know right right so wait a minute do you have an appointment or a client in the next four minutes or am I I just want to make sure you're good on time I um, don't have to look okay (laughs) keep going okay Uh, all right so so we're going to talk about some different different ways you can heal right or or at least begin to heal from yeah you do at two Uh or one okay so you have four minutes yeah okay well say your last thing and then i'll just continue (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) what you got um oh um so i would say like for how to get through it First of all, it's, it's the ultimate time. It's the perfect moment to realize what you've, what we need to realize all along. And that is we need to stop putting our focus on those people. Yes. We, need, we need to get our focus onto our lives off of them. And what they did is an, 
when you have a massive betrayal, it's an example of how far they'll go. It's right. an example of their bad behavior. It's an example of it's not no matter what they're saying about you, if you know it isn't true, mm -hmm. it, it's not about you needing to fix that. It's about, right. okay, those people, that person, that group, whatever, is n that's not a safe place. Okay. Yeah, you know, I agree. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and that's, it's okay that it's not safe for you. Know that, right? Yeah, totally. And, yeah, it's not, yeah. 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 And you don't need so. to stay in the role they put you in. Right. And that, but that right. doesn't mean through them. That means within yourself. Right? Exactly. Yep. hundred percent. And that's, it's, it's not easy to no. do that. No, no, right? no, no. Um, this is like the, the ultimate thing, not the, right. <laughs> the end goal. Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Lise, thank you. And I'm so sorry that we were so. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I will, t I will, uh, I will let you hop off and I'll just answer a few questions and then we'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. We'll see later. you later. See you next time. All right, week. have a good one. Bye. All right, all right. <laughs> okay, everybody. So, start throwing your questions in the chat, and we're gonna we're gonna just uh, we're gonna talk about it here. So, but before that, I'm gonna I'm gonna come back for your questions. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm just gonna share with you a few really quick quick hit healing ideas and tips. First thing you should always think about, in addition to everything Lee said, which I have to admit to only hearing part of because I was trying to figure out my next move here. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but but honestly, um, mindfulness is always helpful um, in every single healing situation and in life in general. So meaning, you know, practice being in your personal space, practice being, and I mean your body <laughs> in the moment. I don't mean in the room that you're in or anything else, right? Um, so, so work on mindfulness. Um, there is a Meditation that I have on YouTube is a sleep meditation that will help you as well. There's a lot of other things. Use um, different ways of bringing yourself back into your body, whatever that is. If it's a pattern interrupt, you know, you're, you're kind of floating above your head somewhere, ruminating or stressing about some, something that happened, whether it's betrayal, trauma or not. <laughs> uh, you can use your own, um, use pattern interrupts. And if you want to know what those are, let me know in the, in the chat or in the comments. And, and I'll share more about that. I've talked about them before in videos and in other live streams. So we'll see what everybody needs to know today. Um, another thing you can do is just make sure to take care of your physical health as well as you're able to do. So go to the doctor, make sure everything's cool, start some new exercise program, eat a little healthier, um, things like that. I've been eating a lot more fruits and veggies lately. My skin's better. Um, a lot of other things are better. Um, and, and that's help, helped me a great deal. Um, just drinking more water, eating more fruits and more vegetables, less meat, things like that. Um, so yeah, and then think about self-care, right? Pampering yourself, giving yourself a little bit of extra, oomph, you know, here and there, um, and making sure that whether that's having your nails done or going to get a pedicure, I know those are both similar things, but they're different. Um, oops, sorry for the noise. Um, or it's, you know, going and getting your hair done at the salon or like sitting in a sauna or a hot tub or whatever. I don't know what people do. Whatever you consider self-care for yourself, do that. Um, I, sometimes I just like to watch a good movie and I consider that self-care, you know, whatever works for you. Um, you know, anything you can do to keep yourself calm, happy, distracted from the betrayal itself or the trauma itself. Um, and then in the, in the process of this, learn how to rebuild or build healthy relationships with the people that you do want to keep in your life and any new people who may come along. And of course, always as always, boundaries, <laughs> practice them. Um, and don't be afraid to put your story out there 
when and if you are comfortable, we have a, a place at queenbee.com where you can submit your stories. I think it's survivor stories. Like if you type in like queenbee.com survivor stories, you'll find it. Um, or I can try to put the link in the description after this goes live. So, and then of course, choose, choose to go forward, right? Like intentionally choose to heal yourself. And then recognize that you do have None of us are perfect. I mean, some of some of you out there are close, but but none of us are perfect. So, whatever you personally, the areas that you choose to grow in, things like that, do that stuff. You know, and and basically think about, you know, do you want to get coaching? Do you want to just join a free support group? I have, we have both of those available. Lisa does a really amazing group coaching thing where it's like twenty four seven support. We're working into a brand new narcissistic abuse recovery program we have for you. So lots of Lots of good things coming in the near future on that as well. So let's. Um, I'm going to jump in the in the chat here, and uh, see what I can what I can find out. And I'm going to go from top chat to live chat. So hopefully that doesn't mess me up too much. And if I miss anyone's question, I will go to the top. Hi, Darlene. I'm the for the soonest thing I have is from Darlene Kane. Hello. Um, and then the, the highly sensitive Wookie, welcome back. <laughs> Says, oh man, heart palpitations hives, migraines, insomnia, tooth pain from tension, all of those things could definitely be connected to your trauma, of course. Um, hello, Mohegan. Um, Ellen, yes, of course, anytime you go through betrayal trauma, you're going to feel betrayed. <laughs> and you're also going to feel, I how do I put it? I have personally felt um, just like I was spinning. Like I had no idea. I couldn't believe what happened. And I just I was spinning. I, I felt numb and spinning. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> yes. So Patty says, um, it's hard to get over it. Let it go and move on. I know that would be the right thing to do. Wait, I know that would be the right thing to do for my life, but it's been really difficult. I get it. It's, it's hard. <laughs> it's not like, I don't expect anyone to get through it in a matter of seconds or minutes or days or even weeks, sometimes not even months. It just depends on the person, the length of the relationship, the depth of the betrayal, and so on and so forth. The type of relationship, even. you know, I, I never think I'm pushing you on that. I would never. Um, everybody's different when it comes to the amount of time. You know, some people say it's 18 months, some people say it's a year, you know, and I had a comment the other day on something that I had done before, where I said something like, you know, choose how much time you want to grieve. And the reason, and the person said, and I'm hoping that person's here today, the person said that they thought, because I said something in this in this video where I said something about four weeks being the maximum amount of time. And let me explain what I meant by that. I'm not talking about, you're going to grieve. It's going to happen. You're going to be sad. It's going to happen. What I'm talking about when I'm saying a maximum of four weeks is like, you can stop your life for that long at the most when you go through this. Maybe you can stop your life longer. Maybe you're financially able to do that. I wasn't, and I don't think a lot of people are. I think you, you know, it, this is just a, a side note here. Um, I think if you're talking about how long it takes to recover, you could be forever. I mean, if you want, but but when you're going through it and you're trying to recover so you can have a decent life again, well, then you're going to want to go from from thinking that way to thinking, okay, I'm going to put an end date on this really bad stuff. So during that time, you're going to scream, throw things, break things, eat all the ice cream you want, whatever, but don't do it for more than four weeks. You know, even if you want to take off a week of work for the four weeks, right? That's all I was talking about. But, but you're still going to have to continue the healing process after that. 
but sometimes we need a little time to kind of just throw ourselves down the floor and kick a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it helps for some people. Oh, Alice says she double guesses herself in everything. And this is a very common thing for survivors of narcissistic abuse. We end up literally um, second guessing everything. I mean, our own feelings, the feelings of everyone else, et cetera, et cetera. People around us, do they really like us? Are they just pretending to like us? Like, <laughs> it's terrible. But Ellen, just so you know, we really do like you. All right. Um, Barbara says, what is the point of highlighting their gaslighting? They're just going to double down. I actually don't see a point in highlighting their gaslighting. I think the best thing to do there is to gray rock, like literally gray rock them. Just don't, if you don't know the gray rock, I'll really quickly, you give no emotion, you give no, no response, no reaction, and you just like this. Because that you know, and if you do give a response, it's boring, and it's it doesn't doesn't incite further discussion. They don't like it, but it works. Um, I agree. There's no point. Darlene says, at least you know the word exists. That's more than I knew. No need to be embarrassed. All the directors. I I feel you, Darlene, and that's yeah. I feel silly sometimes with some of these big words because I'm like, I think I'm saying it right, but I read it somewhere, and so I don't really know if I'm saying it right. So then I forget to look it up, and in my head I say it this way. So if I said it wrong, let me know. Highly sensitive, what he says, I had to gray rock until the house sold, and now the divorce oh, intimidation has begun. <clears throat> no contact has made a huge difference in my brain, <gasps> right? Okay, that's interesting because when you're in the relationship with them and you don't go no contact, and even if you live in a different place, but you don't go no contact, you still have in your head this ongoing sense of like something, <laughs> something is wrong with me. Like, I am not okay, I'm, I'm not, whatever. But when you get away from them, then you start to realize it's not really you so much as it is them and their own broken toxicness. And that's a good and scary place to be when you get there. So good for you for being there because I promise you it's gonna get better soon. And as you mentioned, huge difference in your brain already. Good for you. Um, hey, Elizabeth, welcome back. Clancy says, I get angry with my family, hard to deal with. They scapegoated me at a crucial time for the millionth time when I'm sick. That's unfortunately incredibly common. Um, they are known to, narcissists in general are known to kick you when you're down, right? Um, and, and when you get a whole family wrapped around one, whether they're toxic themselves or not, well, they become toxic as, as one of the flying monkeys, whether they realize it or not, right? But the narcissist absolutely does the smear campaign thing with you and, and does not in fact, do much else. <laughs> so <clears throat> they start the smear campaign, they scapegoat you. Everybody in the family thinks that you are in fact the problem, yada, 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 it goes on and on. It's bad news, it's not good. Yeah, um, Peggy says, and, and Clancy, I'm really sorry that's going on for you. Um, I see you said, I live around the corner and they all stick together. Um, I don't know if you're capable, if you're able to move right now, but if you are, not a terrible idea. Um, but only if you have somewhere to be where people will support you better. Um, otherwise, it's, it's a matter of whether or not you want to see them on a regular basis, I think. Um, Peggy says to Patty, you have to work through it as long as that takes for you. Don't listen to anyone who tells you to just get over it. A hundred percent, I agree. Because people who tell you just get over it don't understand most of the time what you, the depth of what you've gone through and the pain and the, the trauma and everything else. Yeah. Um, highly sensitive. Wookie says triggers everywhere. Oh, in there, I for for literally like a year and a half after I left my ex, I could not listen to slow songs on the radio at all. 
<laughs> like none of them. I couldn't. Mm -mm. No. Um, let's see here. Okay. Uh, Sunny Day says, I'm super independent, no partner, and love the freedom. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I have a, a tendency to be quite independent myself, probably a little more than my husband would prefer. It's a problem, but it, it is what it is. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, you can look at good and bad here. Personally, I don't think it's that bad. I'm never bored. But <laughs> um, I, I think I'm a, you know, a half introvert, half extrovert. Part of me likes to go out and hang out with people and do things. And part of me, the other part of me needs to come home and be by myself for a few minutes when I, I'm done doing that, <laughs> you know? So, okay. Um, let me tell her. Okay. Darlene says, oh, Clark says, yes, I'm late. Or Clancy. I'm, I don't know where Clark came from. Clancy says, yes, I'm leaving 58 wasted years trying so hard. Oh, Ellen says, after 15 years, my ex moved four doors down. I'm sorry. That's awful. Um, sorry. Um, Darlene says, I need to, oh, yes, Darlene. I need to learn to let myself feel, feel anger. I know it's in there somewhere, but never feel it. Okay, that's a really common thing. Um, I'm going to mute myself one second. Oh, okay. Um, it's really common um, for survivors to not be allowed. Okay. It's a really common thing for survivors to not feel that they're allowed to have anger. So that's very common. Yeah. Um, and when you get angry, sometimes it's exactly what you need to push through. Okay. I'm going to try to stay with you for a few more minutes. Bear Thank you. Um, I have a little asthma issue. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So what, what I'm saying, Darlene, is when you can get to that point where you can feel that anger and you can feel that um, hmm. Let it, let it happen <laughs> and, and it will propel you forward in your recovery. I'll just say that for now. And we'll talk more about that later if you guys want to. Um, mm. Highly sensitive Wookie wants to know, has anyone dealt with betrayal in their career? And I unfortunately have quite a lot. <laughs> um, I won't talk about that right now, but I will talk about a situation before I started doing what I do now. When I was much younger <laughs> and I was still working in um, healthcare, I, I had a boss who seemed to have a problem with the fact that I was a female running an all-male department and also another department. And he ended up firing me and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, but it was a betrayal because he had no, no literal, no actual reason for me to be fired. But he really, like, I'm not even mad anymore because in that case, he did me a favor because that's what eventually would lead me to you guys. So yeah. Um, but if anyone else has uh, had a betrayal, where someone has sabotaged a career, talk about it. Um, again, I've had a few over the course of the years since then, but I'm not talking about it. What's up? <laughs> um, Barbara says, I once had a colleague tell me to take the betrayer out for coffee. Huh. I wonder what the purpose was of that, Barbara. I'm interested in knowing. Um, maybe it helped reconnect or help them connect with you on a different level or something. Um, Carrie says, I have found that if I ever say anything 
or try to defend or clarify, it will come back to bite me. Best to keep my mouth shut. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. I, I totally re relate to that when it comes to narcissists and toxic people. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Barbara says she's had a many career um, career betrayals as well. Um, Mystique, hey Mystique, says 20 years of abuse and manipulation now diagnosed with so many illnesses that I survive off of what I get for disability now. Perhaps because I cannot afford to rent anywhere else with three kids. Oh, I get that. And, and I hope, I hope that you are not, you're still not, you're still away, I'll, I'll say that, um, to, uh, but that, that is a difficult thing. And I think there, there should be better programs. And someday when I'm a bazillionaire, if that ever happens, I'm, I'm building those programs. But until then, here we are. I try to help people individually if I can. Um, LNC says, shutting my mouth for so many years left me with real illnesses now. How many of us can relate to that? Raise your hand if you believe that going through so many years, keeping your mouth shut and not saying what you really believe and think, how many of us can relate to having additional diagnoses or potential diagnoses as a result of that? I can. Yeah, absolutely. Sunny Day says, yeah, it took so many years to get to this point. There is light at the end of this tunnel. And there is. There is. I promise you that. Um, yeah, yeah, Peggy, I was with you on that. Like, what, take them out for coffee for what? Oh, maybe that's just an example of somebody um, not, not really understanding the situation. Like, maybe I just need to take them out for a cup of coffee and understand them better. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah, okay. Oh, and Fender Gal says, yeah, I can, I've seen that. Uh, Michael says, my, my narcissist didn't sabotage my job as she needed my child support per her own words. Uh, um, but she sure did go after my girlfriend's job at the time and it did create a lot of problems for her and that's terrible and it's it's wrong it's wrong um, especially because the truth is that yeah okay that's terrible I'm sorry Michael I'm sorry to hear that um, H. Mohegan says it's hard to do as it requires a loss of self-control lots of self-control my bad <laughs> I'm blessed to have quite a lot of self-control this is the best weapon as it disarms them it certainly does yeah and this is one of those okay so let me go back up here to this because i missed this statement um <clears throat> h mohegan says the best thing to do is to not react be indifferent and leave the room so they have nothing to to feed on and, and the truth is that's a, actually not an inaccurate statement because feeding on kind of sounds like a vampire huh like an energy vampire like they feed on your energy right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen it and I don't like it, but it's real. Um, and that's a very, that's a form of gray rock, you know, just no reaction, indifference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, let me see where I was here. Okay. Um, no cheating. Wait. Okay. Okay. Hi, since we says no cheating that I know of, but so many other betrayals. And that's a that's unfortunately there are narcissists who don't cheat there are you know usually the more cerebral ones um there are narcissists who of course do cheat uh, but the betrayal it could be something as small as you know um telling someone your secret or or doing something that they lie to you about even if it wasn't outside of acceptable in some way it might have been unacceptable to you or a dog whistle type thing you know depending um maria says 
No point in fighting because they will always turn back on you. It is best to keep my mouth shut. Therefore, they don't get the satisfaction of superiority. That's Marla. I'm sorry, Marla. Um, yeah, I, I actually, actually can, can relate to that. And we've kind of talked about that a lot. And, and yes, Barbara says it says everything about them and nothing about you. And that's the truth. But I, 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 as I mentioned earlier, I certainly have this big fear of everybody knowing something and me not knowing it <laughs> and feeling really stupid about it. And I think that's why, yeah, I think that's why I felt the way that I did back in the day um, about betrayal. <laughs> um, but you're right, Barbara, it does. It says everything about them and, and nothing about you. Um, highly sensitive wiki advises um, Marla to document everything. And I agree with that as well. Um, Marla says, easier said than done when someone tries to invalidate your feelings. Yes, 100%. But again, this is where a support group or a coach or a therapist or even a small group coaching thing like, like our program has comes in handy <laughs> because these people can help you to remember, number one, you're not crazy. You, you didn't do, you know, you're not the problem, but also, you know, what really happened because you can share your thoughts and your experiences and, and they can help you remember. Another thing that you might do is get yourself a, like a, a journal or like um, I use a, a bullet journal myself and here's my current one to see how pretty it is. <laughs> I always decorate them for fun. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to show you anything like real serious, but you can see <laughs> I go on a little bit. I have a lot of uh, scribbles in there. So th that always helps me, right, with figuring out that stuff. Um, yeah. Okay. So a highly sensitive book, he says, have you ever considered interviewing survivors for your channel? Yes. And I, in fact, I have one coming up. And if you're interested, let me know. Um, I have one coming up soon that you guys are going to love. This is a former beauty queen, literally, and an attorney and a lot of other really cool stuff. <laughs> you're going to love her. She's really smart and pretty. And, and she was betrayed very similarly to the way the rest of us were betrayed. And that is, for me, initially was quite shocking. Um, because, and, and not because of the fact that she's so amazing or whatever, but also because of the fact that I want to show that it could be anyone, you know, you don't have to be, she's not even like, she's still very young. And so it's quite shocking, um, where, I mean, I know we're all so young and everything, but <laughs> okay. You feel me. Um, but yes, I have definitely considered, I will do that. Um, I would love to start a series even where maybe once a week, I could bring a survivor in here and we could sit here and talk and answer questions and whatever. If you guys are into that, say survivor talk in the chat <laughs> so I can check back later. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, yes. Nikki says, why do they hate people having fun, dancing, singing, et cetera? They have mental outbursts over it. Oh, that's a great question, Nikki. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Because when you're having fun, dancing, singing, whatever, they are not the center of attention. That's also the same reason they ruin holidays and everything else, because they want to be the center of attention, the center of everything. And if they can't do that, how are they going to get the supply that they need? So they need to start some crap so that you have to focus on them instead of what you're actually trying to do and have fun doing, period. You know, you have questions. <laughs> um, mental outbursts, verbal outbursts, and then some. I've seen it all. Yep. 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 Um, Tashawn Turner says, I had to stop talking to my ex because I would get upset every, everything we talk about, everything we talked about. Yeah. And, and that's probably because they, they actively came at you. I'm guessing. Let me know if that's wrong. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, hello, Diana. Darlene says, 
how can I learn to let myself feel the emotions that I never seem to feel, but I know that are there because of other manifestations? This is a really good question. The first thing you need to do is get yourself in a safe space before you allow the emotion to come because it might overwhelm you. If you can be with another person, that's good. If you can't consider, again, a coach, a therapist, a support group, but, but you're not going to want to have an outburst necessarily with certain people. So be careful and make sure you can trust the people. You can also do this by yourself. I think it's really helpful to, um, you can journal if that feels good to you. For me, that feels good. Writing with my hand helps. Um, artwork is a great way to work it out. Um, exercise is, is a good thing. The other day I cleaned my kitchen to <laughs> within an inch of its life. That felt amazing. Um, and I think the thing about the kitchen is when you, if you clean something like that and you like really go at it, there was, it, it, it um, feels good. And, and it also, I like to imagine all the bad things going out of my head and my brain and body and whatnot while I'm doing that. And so that's another idea. But basically do something either productive or comfortable for you. Uh, wear comfortable clothes, you know, maybe you plan a weekend. I do these, I've done weekends with clients where we'll um, talk several times throughout the, the day, each weekend day and an hour, before, an hour on Friday, an hour on Sunday or whatever their weekend happens to look like. I'm not Sunday, Monday. Um, so it'll be like, one hour session on Friday, and then like uh, six phone calls for 10 minutes each on Saturday, and then six for 10 minutes, 10 minutes each on Sunday, and then one hour on Monday. And what you do during that time is you process emotions. And each 10 minute phone call, you give another assignment. You know, so we do a prep call, we do a, you know, it's really good. So, uh, but that's might be helpful. You can even do that yourself. But basically, what you're going to try to do is, is allow yourself first. Secondly, um, I've seen people find, um, and I've, I've also personally found through like certain movies, if I, like I needed to cry before I could be angry, right? So I had to watch movies <laughs> to bring forth the feelings and not the feelings, but the tears, because those can be very healing. Once you get past that, then you can bring the anger or however it works for you. Maybe you need to be angry first and then you need to cry first. I would have to talk with you a little more personally directly to give you an exact recommendation, darling, but that's where I would start. Um, Sunny Day says, what happened to Dana? I wish I knew. Um, Dana, I think she's okay. Um, she, as far as I know, is still with Paul. Um, I haven't heard from her in several months. Uh, the last thing I heard from her was that she was okay <laughs> and that she was going to come back at some point, but I haven't heard since. So I don't know, maybe she's off getting married. Let's, let's hope that it's a good thing that's happening. Um, we all miss Dana and she's amazing and, and I hope she's okay if she's watching this. I'm sure she's not, <laughs> but I hope she's okay. Um, I think she's okay. I don't know anything else. That's all I can say for sure. I know that she, her, her father died right before she, a few weeks before she kind of, or months even before she kind of disappeared. And that's, I, I know she was helping clean up over there. I don't really know much else. If anyone does, they share. Um, yeah. Uh, her admin group reached out to me a little while back. Nikki, were you one of them? Or Sunny, were you one of them? Um, I can't remember. Anyway, um, and they said, somebody said that they hadn't heard anything and were checking. So at that time, I checked back again and no, no, um, no, no information. So, okay. Um, highly sensitive wiki. Yeah, certainly a valid point about why narcissists get mad when other people are having fun. Some of them can't feel the joy that others feel or they need higher levels of it. They have a lower threshold for boredom. Um, that's 
another option and possibility, but it is, as Agatha Sunshine said, it is all primarily because they aren't getting the focus that they want and they can't feel seen enough. Um, Elizabeth says, how to come off the addiction to save everyone except myself? How to know where my responsibility lasts in the family? After all the abuse, sometimes I still catch myself trying to save the family. Um, this is really hard, okay? But here's the thing, you cannot, by the way, hello, Lisa, Lisa Virgo Warrior. Um, you, you cannot put yourself in that position. I, I know a little bit, I remember a little about your story and I, and I know why you want to help the family, right? But this is my suggestion to you, take it for what it's worth. Um, and again, anytime I suggest anything, I'm not forcing it on anyone, I'm just giving my, my thoughts. Um, but in this case, Erzabad, I would not be taking responsibility anymore because um, you, you, you can't, can't save someone unless they want to be saved. So the, the most I would do is give them the information if they want it, make it available to them. But outside of that, unless they ask you for help, there's not a lot of saving that you can do. You have to give yourself a break and be compassionate to yourself and recognize you're only one person. And if someone doesn't want the help, they're just going to drown you with them. You know, have you seen uh, situations where somebody jumps in to save somebody who's drowning and the, the drowning person doesn't know to relax? They can't relax, they're too scared. So they're kicking and, you know, flailing around and, and you can't, that person, they're either going to drown you with them or you better be a stronger swimmer than them and a stronger person and hope the, hope the ties aren't that bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm going a little too far with that, but you get the point. Okay, um, try to answer a couple more questions. Okay, Clancy says, it's harder to deal with when you're sick. It's so amazing when you're healthy. With health, you can do everything. Yeah, and most of us don't even appreciate our health until it's gone. So let's take better care of ourselves, people. <laughs> and, and, and try to, as I'm sitting here, <laughs> anyway. Um, but you're right, health is important and health is something that for which we can all be grateful when we have it, for sure. And Janice Dieter says, it's not easy being the only foster child remaining. That doesn't matter. My ancestors still remain with me. Their prayers I hear. Janice, how old are you? Can you tell me? And, um, and if you want to share anything else, please do. Um, let's see. Now my little chat jumped down. Okay. Um, I'll tell you what, guys. Here's what I'm about to do. I'm about to scroll right, right to the bottom. So if you're still here and you have a question, I'm going to try to answer, you know, two or three more questions before I wrap up. Okay. So throw them in the chat for me. And we'll go from there. Diana says, how do you hold on to your own reality when everyone believes the narcissist smear campaign and how, and you're starting to doubt yourself. Okay. That is not something that is unusual in, in recovery. Um, so one thing that really, again, helps me is writing things down and remembering things that way. Some people find it, help, it helpful to record themselves. Um, they find it helpful to you know, record conversations, things like that. But I think ultimately in the end, what it comes down to is that if people are coming at you and accusing you of what the narcissist has accused you of, and this is an ongoing issue, I mean, the best thing you can possibly do is just not communicate or deal with those people during the smear campaign. So what I mean is, uh, wait a minute. Oh, okay, I'll come back to that. So what I mean is, what I do is this, I, I give them one opportunity. If it's someone I think deserves to know the truth, I will tell them once, here's what my side of the story is. And if they 
are on my side and they understand, cool. If they are, if they blatantly openly doubt me and they, you know, I, I don't think so because so-and-so said this, out. <laughs> and if they, if they ask questions, but they're generally, genuinely trying to understand, I'll be happy to answer questions. But I don't try to convince them. I just, you know, because what it comes down to is if you know me, you know I did or did not do that. That's whatever that is. You know what I mean? So um, it's a matter of being okay with at least temporarily backing away from some people in your life emotionally and sticking to your truth. Now, if you're still in the situation when you're dealing with the narcissist actively, that's a whole other ball of wax. But that is something that I, I help a lot of clients through is that feeling of, you know, being smeared and how to work through that. That's a huge betrayal. Uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Now I wanted to touch on this here. Um, highly sensitive what he said. I am, I'm working on that now. Scary, but cathartic. And I think you mean the anger, right? And that is an important thing to focus on. It, it's an important thing to, to work through. I found going from, you know, victim to survivor, there was a period of time and maybe even from survivor to thriver, there was a period of time where I, I felt so angry, and this is where the whole letter exercise came to me. Um, but it, it was, it was helpful to propel forward. But then it became overwhelming and a huge betrayal. <laughs> so uh, it became like it was making me sick after it stopped being effective or helpful. You know what I mean? I was living with it. And so when I was able to let go of it was when I did the, the letter. I just said I felt a literal weight lifted off my shoulders. So um, you can look on my channel. You can just search Angie Atkinson, the letter exercise, find it either here in YouTube or on my site. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mystique says I was thinking the same thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go down to the bottom. Radical acceptance for me. Okay, yeah, radical. Um, okay, wait. Ellen C says, I've been there too. So many of us have, and you have the right to feel the way. Absolutely, by the way. Um, yes. Um, hating that you're still at the beginning. Elizabeth says, um, hating that her mom took away so many years from her life. Had a dream about it this morning. And it's terrible when they do that. Um, it is, but it gets, it gets better. And oh, to Sean Turner says, and I'm sorry if I'm saying your name wrong. I probably am. I apologize. Uh, they act like what what they did is no big deal. That's offensive, but true. <laughs> they do act like that, and they act like we're overreacting to abuse. Okay, uh, silliness. Um, thank you, Kathleen. Kathleen says, uh, very grateful for your pioneering work in this area. I appreciate that, and I assume that you, yeah. Thank you. Um, let's see. Janice says, my tears are falling. I'm so sorry, Janice. That's that's really hard. Hey, Sandy Lou, welcome, welcome. Um, okay, radical acceptance, highly sensitive, what he says. For me, also means accepting that I will be healing for the rest of my life. Okay, so it's very similar to addiction, right? So even though we didn't choose this, <laughs> something about us feels irreparably broken, but that's not really always true. What I mean is, yeah, you're going to have moments where you're triggered even when you are healed, as it were, because this is something that probably started in childhood, if not sooner, <laughs> whatever that means. So you could have been dealing with it since birth, depending on who your people are and what your story is, you know, so a lot of us have been dealing with it since birth, okay, in different iterations. Yes, um, and, and Ellen makes an excellent point. Uh, I'm sorry, but my tears personally 
I'm sorry that you're crying to Janice, but personally, my tears clean my soul, let them flow. It's okay. I 100% agree. Um, and if you are somewhere that you can't let them flow, like at work or something like that, then do a pattern interrupt, stand up, move around, walk around a little bit, change, change your environment, um, do the affirmation thing in your head. Like I, I use, um, I now cancel that thought, but I replace it with this affirmation of my true divine desire. And I think or say something I'm grateful for, something I do want in my life, helpful. Um, you can choose to find all the pink things in a room or find all the blue things or whatever. You can choose to count the tiles on the ceiling or any number of things to get yourself back here and not over there in, in, in rumination land um, or sadness or whatever. But then when you get home, make sure you take the time to let yourself cry it out because there are, there are studies that show that um, crying actually relieves physical pain as well as emotional pain. And they're so connected in fact that some, and again, this is not medical advice, go look up the study for yourself. <laughs> but there are some scientists who say that taking a Tylenol can actually help to relieve depression, which sounds insane to me, but that's what some of the studies say. <laughs> um, okay, thank you for sharing that, Ellen. Clark says 58 years back and forth for my family, they never changed. You know, what, Clancy, I don't know why I keep calling you Clark, I'm so sorry. Clancy, I, I'll tell you what, um, the thing about 58 years is <laughs> that, you know, you've got now, now or never, you know, like get, get yourself safe because, and, and have good times and enjoy yourself in your life and, and do what you want and don't have the everyday, just, you hear me? Okay. Um, <laughs> Grace Ferris says, shoot, I couldn't stop my life at all. Maybe one sick day here and there, it was tough. Right, that was my deal too. <laughs> um, a lot, I barely, barely. And and a lot of people, you know, are in that same boat. Not everyone can take a day or a week or a month even, you know, so, but for those who can, if they can, they should, of course, if they want to. But sometimes it's better to stay busy. It just depends on you and how you cope with things. So let's see. Um, Lisa Lisa says, I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to prove to myself and my ex that I'm stronger than him mentally and emotionally. Mentally and emotionally, I will be Wonder Woman when he is around me. You go, girl. I'm pro that. Um, even if you have to cry when you turn away, <laughs> never let you know. Don't let them have any of your emotion. And the reason I say that is because every little bit of sadness or or anger or upset or anything that they see from you is fuel, and they will use it against you. <laughs> yes, yes, Barbara. We had to hide our emotions. That's right. Um, let's see, Ellen. Uh, Janice says, thanks to Ellen. Thank you, Ellen, and the rest of our Mod Squad team. Um, Sandy says, wondering about your thoughts on narcissistic mother writing a letter of apology. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. My thoughts are that I've seen a conversation change a woman's life, um, not my life, <laughs> uh, but I've seen a conversation with a narcissist change someone's life because that person told them, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry. I really did screw it all up. And it, you're really a, a sweet, awesome, amazing person, but I'm kind of a bitch. <laughs> okay. And I, I was, I, I can't tell you much more than that because it was a private conversation that someone had with someone else. But I can tell you this, um, that person and I was even moved by it. And there it is. But does it make it all okay? No, it doesn't. Does it take away all of the damage? Heck no. Um, but certainly whatever. Now, a letter of apology, it would depend on how sincere it was and how much actual admission was done. Does it make it go away? No, it doesn't. But I think that a reasonable person might consider apologizing in that situation if they could, eh, not apologizing, forgiving. Um, but, but just because you forgive someone doesn't mean 
but they get to be in your life. Don't forget that. That's what I think. I would have to hear more about the specifics of the letter. Um, yes. Kathleen says, it's so hard when it, with a mother who's 85 because I'm afraid of a brand new contact. I get it. And that's the thing. Uh, none of us are getting any younger. And, and yes, it's, it's a difficult thing. However, you know, it's hard, it's hard to say what's the right thing to do. Personally, I know I've had clients who felt a great deal of guilt about going no contact. And I don't think that was necessarily the most effective healing process because uh, uh, with her being 85, you know what I mean? Like if, if, if there's some, like she could live another 25 years, I'm just saying, but I guess it's a matter of how much more of your life do you, do you waste or take to take the abuse, but at the same time, how much abuse is she dishing out at 85? I, I would just say this, Kathleen, I would say, follow your heart, but also use your, your head in the process. So even if you don't go into contact, you could still step back emotionally three steps on some level. Um, you can still do whatever you're required or you're obligated to do for her if, you've, if you're in that position without letting yourself be mentally um, or, or otherwise abused emotionally or otherwise. Yeah, Miss Holly OG, hey girl, hey, says the biggest insult you can give to a narcissist is to go 100% no contact. I never thought I could do it, but I did. And then like, no, <laughs> she says like the dumb girl I am, I took him back after one month no contact mistake. Okay, don't call yourself dumb, please. <laughs> uh, because we all, it's, it's again, it's not just so easy. We are trauma bonded to these people after a certain period of time, period of time. Um, it's, 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 just as hard as heroin to quit. I, I don't know personally, but <laughs> from what the scientists tell me, there's a there's a certain amount of um, the certain part of the brain that that heroin addiction is centered in, and our trauma bonding is based in that same part of the brain. It's a whole thing. I I've I've talked about it in more detail elsewhere. But long story short, you have to learn to reroute your neural connections, and so it's a process and it's not easy to get over it. and you're never fully going to be over it. But I don't mean that. I don't mean you won't be over that person. I mean, you'll, you will still have to be in recovery maybe for the rest of your life, just like any addict would be right. So you're always going to have to be aware and careful. Um, but taking him back after a month, I mean, of course, because what happens is you're, you don't talk to him for 30 days, but for the last X number of years, you've spent every day of your life, every second of your life with that person, they, they were your normal. So of course, even though it was good to go away, it also feels good to touch base again, right? It's a, it's a really difficult thing, which is why no contact is recommended. But when you have kids together, you have a business together, something like that, it's a lot harder. So please, Holly, don't beat yourself up. Um, okay, all right. Oh, Elizabeth said she read a, an article about compulsive personality disorder and that article named not accessible rage toward a parent as a cause. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, that's hard. And you get, mm -hmm. we're just going to let, we're, we're going to talk about that in our next, if I remember correct, uh, to do it. Um, okay. Jennifer says they only get worse when you allow them back because they think you are okay with the bad behavior. There's some truth to that. Yeah. I mean, more than truth. That's true. But also, <laughs> also they just, they don't change. In, in theory, they could change, I believe. I believe in theory, if, if you put them in the right situation where they were being actively, ongoingly therapized, that's not a word. It, it, they were working with a, with a qualified therapist who understood as well as a whole team of other people. Maybe they could, 
maybe. And they run the proper psych drugs. <laughs> but I, I don't, I've never seen it happen. And no, neither has just almost anyone else I've, I've dealt with. Um, so, okay. Um, ah, Jennifer, wait a minute. Okay, so Holly says, I realized that by taking him back, I have, I showed I have zero boundaries. And it's no surprise that he walked all over me again. Extreme emotional abuse. Holly, it's not your fault. Listen, it's not your fault, okay? Don't beat yourself up. Just start thinking about the next move from here, okay? I'm sorry that you're going through that, but please don't beat yourself up. Um, Clancy, my pleasure. Uh, Grace says, yeah, my own family took my ex-husband's side after the divorce. They stopped talking to me and contacted him. Whole family was manipulated in a way. Yeah, well, I hope they're past that now, but if they're not, I hope you've <laughs> handled your own self here. Um, Jen says, Kathleen, it's a tough call. I went no contact with my mom. Within a few years, she was dying in a nursing home with dementia and had no idea who I was. I didn't get to say goodbye. Okay. Um, so Jen, I feel you on that. And I know that's hard. Um, I think everybody's situation is different. I think if you have an elderly parent and you need closure with them, or you feel so much guilt that you think it's going to destroy you, do what you have to do, but just consider your boundaries um, and, and consider what you will tolerate and how long you will tolerate it for. You are an adult now and you have full control over what happens if you want to, right? Um, Barbara says, I'm an estranged parent. Be careful. I'm going gray rock with a parent. And I hear you, Barbara. I do. I know it's not easy, um, but it is certainly, it depends, you know, there are different levels of, of estranged. Um, I have one client right now who, well, a couple of them actually, who are struggling with estranged children due to abusive spouses throwing all the blame on them. It's a long story, but um, it's ugly, but you get through it and then you work through it and, and, and you recognize, you know, how much you can do and then you, you work on acceptance. It's a process, um, but yeah. Um, Michael says, what's funny is that my covert narcissist ex-girlfriend called my Covert narcissistic, so crazy. It is funny. It is. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Ellen. Um, Peggy says to Barbara, uh, a world of difference between going gray rock with a narcissist parent and parental alienation from a narcissist adult child. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've talked about that before. Uh, both here on YouTube and over elsewhere um, in my blog and other things. Um, okay, highly sensitive wiki says, Barbara, I hear you. Starting to see the same patterns being foisted at our adult child. Thankfully, my relationship with our child is strong. And I know it's becoming more aware of the truth. That's important and you keep it there and you're going to be okay. I'm glad to see you back, by the way. You're always great in conversation. Um, yes, Tashawn, I'm okay. Thank you so much. Um, Barbara says, I see people talking casually in the comments about going gray rock on their octogenarian mother. I feel you. And I know that's hard, but again, if a mother has abused someone their whole lives, you cannot fault them for it, um, I would think. Uh, and, and abuse doesn't always look like hitting. I mean, sometimes it does. But uh, then as a person becomes an adult, sometimes the hitting stops or, or they never hit them and the emotional abuse just continued. But either way, it's usually about control. Um, I don't want you to feel like anyone's calling you out because unfortunately there are adult 
children who become narcissists either because of what their other parent or or any number of reasons it could be acquired situational narcissism i mean there's i've done a video on that before um okay yes yeah message me um okay guys i am oh diana yes there are there are ways to repel i'm going to answer this one and then i'm going to wrap up because i am absolutely um really late for something else right now but i just like talking to you guys so much See, there's a, okay uh diana says is there a way to repel narcissists or make them not want to mess with you or will they attack you regardless because they know you're sensitive the way to repel them is to have strong boundaries and to not allow them to cross the boundaries they don't like that um and to hold on to your own opinion and your own feelings and your own thoughts and not just go okay well you think that so you're probably right you know it's a process um you become someone who they feel overwhelmed by or not overwhelmed so much as i'm trying to see where this is anything important okay <laughs> anywho um you become someone who doesn't just allow people to walk all over them and then narcissists don't like people like that so and that's that's number one and i could give you a lot more if you want in a i've actually done it in a video before but i could do it in a new video for you if you're interested um yes i got that barbara thank you um okay all right guys um i am going to have to hop off here thank you chris thank you ellen thank you peggy you and a our amazing mod squad thank you ladies claps and and just thank you to everyone who was here today thanks to all of our members thanks diane thanks Barbara, thanks. Highly sensitive wiki. Joshua, Janice. Um, if you have other questions, other things you want to ask, throw them in the comments below or here in the chat while we're still while the chat remains live for a little while after I go offline. And let's let's work through it. I'll I'll try to bring them into future um, streams and and Lise uh, will be back with us next week. And maybe I'll maybe I'll finally one day actually do uh, more streams by myself. It's not that bad. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys soon. Have a lovely Tuesday and uh,